good New Year's Eve, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Friday, December 31st. Coming up on a big New Year's Eve edition of the 440, of course, we've got a preview for both the Alabama-Cincinnati game as well as the Georgia-Michigan matchup. I will give you my picks against the spread and totals for both of those games. You will hear from David Ubbin of The Athletic talking about the college football playoff. We will preview, of course, in depth the Miami Dolphins and the Titans game on Sunday in what will be a chilly afternoon. But we begin with a public service announcement for Tennessee Titans fans. Attention all humans who own homes and care about their bank accounts. Yes, I'm talking to you. You need to remember the name The Kingston Group. Just know the name, have a conversation with them, learn about your house, learn about the options for your house, and learn about what they can do to help you make money, build equity in your house. So this is what The Kingston Group does. Outdoor spaces, renovations, wings, garages, all types of stuff. They can handle it. Make sure you give them a call, The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Just remember the name, the Kingston Group. So we'll get into previewing the Titans-Dolphins game as well as the college football semifinals in just a second, as well as the rest of what's going on in Nashville. But I do need to address these silly Logan Ryan comments. I, I just I don't understand why Titans fans feel so aggrieved all the time. I, I've never seen a fan base actively search for grievance from every corner of the internet and the world. Whether it's a national uninformed media member who is clearly saying things to get you to react to it and engage in their product, or a former player who just sort of has a one-liner who throws away a, a comment about a fan base that's factually true, I just don't understand the, the, the need to search out and seek grievance the way Titans fans do. I've never seen a fan base like this, and frankly, it might just be a Nashville thing because we are so sensitive about everything. First of all, Logan Ryan has apologized and sort of made fun of himself for watching you guys, the Titans, in the playoffs from home. So he's kind of making fun of himself at the same time. But the facts of the matter have never changed. I was at the Derrick Henry run, the 99-yard run against Jacksonville. That was a December game while the Titans were making a playoff push, and it was one of the most historic moments in the history of the stadium, and it was basically half full. So let's just be very clear. Titans fans, you are a young fan base in a small market. It's just the way it is. You need 60, 70 years to build up fan bases like the Giants and the Steelers and the Chiefs and the Packers and the Raiders. You just need time, and we're a small market, so it's never going to really change. It's just going to always be the way we are. We just need to embrace that we are the little guy and be okay with it instead of being incredibly offended by every single thing that is said about our team, our market, our city, whatever. You just got to let it go. It doesn't matter what a former player says in a throwaway line talking about playing for the Giants. It doesn't matter what Delaney Walker says about the Hall of Fame. And it doesn't matter what uninformed national media people have to say about your football team when they are intentionally trying to get a reaction from you. That's their job. Just let it go. Who cares? Who cares? Maybe fix the stadium and don't sell your tickets to opposing fans. Other than that, it just takes time for this city and this market and this fan base to grow into a mature NFL fan base. The Tennessee Titans magic playoff number is one and the Miami Dolphins have won seven straight games. The Titans need only one win in their final two games or one loss by the Indianapolis Colts in either of their final two games to clinch their second straight AFC South championship. The Dolphins just need wins to keep their wildcard playoff hopes alive. So something has to give at Nissan Stadium on Sunday afternoon. After a 1-7 and seven start, most of that without Tua Tungavailoa, the Dolphins, now with their starting quarterback under center, are riding an efficient passing game and solid defensive line into a potential playoff spot. Miami's win streak has been led by the NFL's top pass rush. 
The Dolphins have an NFL best 45 sacks. Meanwhile, the Titans are also surging after the return of superstar wide receiver A.J. Brown helped spearhead a come-from-behind victory over San Francisco last Thursday. Prior to Brown's return, the Titans' offense was downright anemic. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill was not able to create any balance on offense. He turned the ball over too much and has been sacked more times than any player in the NFL, 45, not named Joe Burrow. The other side of the ball has been a very different story for the Titans. Tennessee's well-compensated defensive front has been immovable over the last few months, turning into one of the NFL's best units. It will be a huge challenge for Tonga Vailoa to consistently move the football on the road in a hostile environment. Additionally, the weather forecast is calling for mid-30s and potential snow over the weekend, although we all in Nashville know what potential snow means, cold rain. However, despite coming from two warm-weather cities, both the Dolphins and the Titans are built around physicality and toughness that should allow them to handle the elements. Both head coaches preach culture, having learned at the feet of Bill Belichick. Brian Flores from Miami coached under Belichick for more than a decade, and of course we all know Mike Vrabel's ties to the Patriots. So it should be no surprise that these two teams mirror each other in so many ways. This is a double mouthpiece game with frequent clouds of dust. The Titans are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and the very low total of 39-and-a-half reflects the type of game fans should expect. With, of course, the glaring exception of two offensive weapons who will likely determine the outcome of the game. Jalen Waddell has caught 96 passes this season for the Finns and only needs six receptions on Sunday to break Anquan Bolden's all-time NFL rookie receptions record of 101 set back in 2003. He has been targeted 33 times over the last three games and has produced 28 receptions, 319 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. For the Titans, it's all about Brown. The Titans' offense jumped to life in the second half as Brown got his feet under him in his first game back from injury. His historic performance against the 49ers not only led to a critical win, but also made history. His eight third-down receptions were the most by an NFL player since 1978. And he will again have to come up big on the ever-important third down. Both offenses do revolve around the running game, but only to set up how they utilize Waddle and Brown. Both defenses are capable of using just their front lines to pressure the quarterback into quick decisions. So whichever offensive coordinator can better scheme their star wide receiver open will have the best chance to win. Sure, protecting the football, protecting the quarterback, getting stops on third down, and finishing drives with touchdowns will all be critical. And it may sound weird to hang an outcome of a game on two wide receivers, but that is exactly what could happen on Sunday. In a cold, physical, culture-driven matchup, two dynamic, explosive playmakers will be the difference, and whichever team better utilizes their weapon will sail into the final weekend of the regular season on a winning streak. I will give you my official picks against the spread for the two national semifinals coming up on New Year's Eve, Alabama and Cincinnati, of course, at 2.30, Georgia and Michigan at 6.30. I'll give you my picks against the spread a little bit later on, but there are two critical matchups in both games. And in the Alabama-Cincinnati game, it is about their two NFL corners, Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, matching up with Alabama superstar wide receiver Jamison Williams. If Bryce Young and Jamison Williams have space to operate in the secondary, I don't think Cincinnati has a prayer. If those two corners can cover Williams and force Alabama to be a little bit more run heavy and Cincinnati can then be creative with stacking the box and getting pressure on Bryce Young in lots of different unique and creative ways, then I think they've got a chance to actually keep the game close. 
that's the number one matchup. And the number two, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for Cincinnati, along with Jerome Ford, former Alabama running back who plays for Cincinnati. They have to get outside of the pocket. Desmond Ritter has to be a factor with his legs outside of the pocket, improvising, doing what quote-unquote super quarterbacks do to Alabama. If not, they have no prayer, and Will Anderson will eat all afternoon long. The Georgia-Michigan matchup, number one. Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, defensive ends for Michigan, account for 25 of their 34 sacks for the entire season. What does Georgia's offensive line do to manage those two weapons that Michigan has? And does that give either the running back space to make plays on the ground or Stetson Bennett time to throw from the pocket? If they can neutralize those two defensive ends, I don't believe Michigan has the players in space to hang with Georgia's offense. On the other side, what really matters here is how creative is Michigan's offense going to be? And are they productive and efficient in those creative ways? Can they get outside of the pocket? Because you cannot play bully ball against Georgia. Michigan wants to line up and run the football between the tackles. That doesn't work against Georgia. How creative does Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator for Michigan, get as it pertains to attacking Georgia's defense early in the game in the first and second quarter? You can go back to the run, but you're going to have to loosen up that defense and attack the secondary because that is the only way you can beat Georgia. It is how Bryce Young and Jamison Williams and John Mechie, before he got hurt, beat Georgia. It is the only way you can beat Georgia. You have to get out in space, and I don't know if Michigan's got the weapons. Picks against the spread for both of those games coming up a little bit later on. In the meantime, here is David Ubbin of The Athletic giving you some more thoughts on the matchups. Man, I, I really think Michigan will cover in that game, but it's real hard for me to say anybody other than Georgia and Alabama because, for one, they're the most talented teams. I believe in Nick Saban as a uh, game planner for a month. I'm not sure that Michigan is going to be able to score enough to, to be in that ball game. I, I think, you know, you, Georgia's defense probably – makes a couple game-changing turnovers in that ball game. But I, I I think Michigan can hang. I would not be surprised at all if Michigan won. I would not be surprised at all, honestly, if Cincinnati won. Because how does Cincinnati win? Oh, yeah, Alabama, the one that we saw against Georgia, that's not the Alabama that we've seen for 12 other games. We've seen a pretty average Alabama team by their standards, I should say. That's why we're going to see that if they win. And, you know, if Georgia loses, it's going to be because, well, I guess Georgia just wasn't that good, which might be the case. So I, I think it's Georgia and Alabama. I would, if I'm betting money on that, I think that's where I'd go. But, man, the, these lines are big, and I, and I think you, you can't rule out an upset in any of those games. That was David Ubbin of The Athletic on the Fringe Element podcast out every single week covering the SEC with yours truly, of course, as well as Aaron Dugan and Stephen Godfrey. Rate, review, and subscribe. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. They are the only people you need to know and the only people you need to call when making a big decision about your house. The website is buildkg.com. Check out their work. It speaks for itself. The Kingston Group. Check out the website, buildkg.com. So picks against the spread for the college football playoff games. This is going to be super boring, and I hate to do it, but give me Georgia minus the seven, and give me Alabama minus the 13 and a half. I don't like that it's Alabama-Georgia in the national championship game, but I think they're the two best teams. I don't see the personnel for either of those two rosters, Cincinnati or Michigan, challenging those teams for more than a half, maybe three quarters at the most. Give me a pull-away cover for Alabama and a pull-away cover for Georgia. Now, in the Georgia-Michigan game, I will take the under 45. I think Georgia completely shuts down Michigan. I think Michigan's defense is much better than people think as well. 
So this has 24 to 10 written all over it. So give me the under in that one. I'll take the under, actually, in the Alabama-Cincinnati game. It's at 57. I think most people assume Bama's going to get to 30. The question is, can Cincinnati get to 20? I I think it's going to be lower scoring than people think. So give me Bama, lay the points, and take the under in both games. Both favorites to win. Those are my picks in the college football playoff. Happy New Year's, everybody. Have a great and wonderful and safe amateur hour tonight. Enjoy the college football games. Enjoy the Titans games. You got Preds games. You got all kinds of great stuff going on in the city of Nashville. Just be safe out there. Take an Uber. That's all I ask. My name is Braden Gall. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Check out the YouTube page and share the show at 440 Sports on Twitter. Thank you guys all for listening. Happy New Year's, everybody. This has been the 444 Friday, December 31st. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.